right, welcome to another fun-filled, action-packed episode of Seishura, the Music Explorers podcast. As always, I'm Scoop Magoo. I'm Elaine. And we are doing another uh, free-form episode where we just prattle on about the things in our in our little noggins, as it might as it might be. And per usual, we're going to kick off the conversation with our albums of the week, which I invite you to take us away with. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, I have been bad and have been uh, buying new music again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just like you, you, you tell yourself you're not gonna. And then next thing you know, you know, you're buying an entire band's discography, et cetera, et cetera. <laughs> Um, I'm going to save that for a little bit because I haven't gotten every album by this band, but, uh, very soon. Um, anyway though, uh, one album came in last week that I had on and it's something we've covered before, uh, but I'm really happy to finally own, uh, something by this artist and it's, uh, Zombie by, uh, Fela Kuti. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, you know, I, I've been meaning to buy, um, you know, something of his particular Zombie, but I mean, there are a couple of other ones, you know, I mean... Everything that we talked about in our Fela Kuti episode, I, I really enjoyed, um, and I'd like to own it at some point. But you know, um, see, I don't. Know, do, do you ever have like this this thing where like you kind of like have a list of stuff you want to buy, and then next thing you know, you just have like another list, or like you know, like you you have other things that somehow take priority of what you're gonna buy. Yeah, that's. When I started, I, you know, I finally got up to date and scanned everything to Discogs. So I was like, man, I should really use the wishlist feature, too. And I did, and I spent a lot of time, like, all right, these are all the albums I want. And there are still some that are, are relevant, where I look at, like, oh, yeah, it'd be cool to own that. But there are some where I'm like, wow, I, you know, not that I don't think those albums are interesting anymore, but just currently, they're not top of mind for me in terms of, like, what yeah. I want to buy. Like, I just feel like I kind of like going into going into just like starting out with one band you know in Bulma was finding that and then just you know whatever comes off the top of my head because I feel like if just you know just naturally it comes to my mind that like hey I'm interested in buying this album or like this artist and, and just seeing if it's available that says more than just going through a list of artists that might be that might have been there for you know months on end and, yeah, yeah, I mean, th th there's something about having like expectations uh, when you go shopping. Um, like sometimes it's best to just kind of let those, you know, go for the moment. Mm -hmm. But you know, I, it it ends up, you know, sort of you end up just compiling like these giant lists that never get like filled. Like I have the same thing with like you know book lists that like I have like a to read list, but then I have like a to read now list, but then I have a to read now, now list, you know, mm -hmm. it's, and it's just like, you're never going to get to all of them. And it, it's, you know, we, we've, we've discussed sort of the existential dread of, of that, but all this to say, um, it was cool to kind of get something that was on like a list kind of off it, you know, and to kind of own it and really enjoy it. And, uh, I mean, kind of weird uh cross pollination but i was playing tony hawk <laughs> listening to it and that, that that was definitely like an interesting combination um yeah it was I don't know, it was just a nice it was a nice time you know i i, I ironically i think it's kind of funny to describe fella cootie as nice um when you know his stuff was you know very 
you know, political and hard edged and what have you. But I mean, just the music itself is just gorgeous. You know, mm -hmm. just the way he was able to sort of put all of these, you know, disparate sounds and just stick them all together and make something just uniquely his. And, uh, you know, how that became, you know, his voice and sort of the voice that, you know, was his calling card you know in terms of like having like a political voice um you know like that was the medium through which he was able to sort of best express himself mm -hmm. and so you know it was just yeah it was it was just a great it's a great album great listen yeah nice i think yeah. didn't we talk about him for an episode yeah yeah but let, let, we, I, I mentioned that that we we did a fella cootie episode yeah um yeah i i think we called it expensive shit if I remember right, after one I of the albums, so, yeah. because I mean, they, you know, if you have an album called Expensive Shit, I mean, you you, you have to call the podcast that, you know, uh, not to mention like that, that whole story behind that album is interesting. Um, I, I'm trying to remember the exact details. It was like he, like he had eaten, it, it, I don't know, there, there was like something that they, that the Nigerian government you know, was trying to get out of him and he ate it. And so they just waited for him to just shit it out. Like literally, like he, he uh, literally shit it out. Yeah. It was something like that. Yeah. I'll have to look <laughs> into it. I'm, I'll, I'll look into it while you talk about your album of the week. Um, yeah, this, uh, my album of the week is something that I discovered, you know, was pulling together. Um, release day roundup and this uh this caught my eye and uh i did never heard of them but i i was attracted to the the name i thought the cover was interesting let me know a rabbit hole rabbit hole where the album i discovered was actually of the son of the pre you know the, the original project which you know when his father passed away you know similarly that project yeah, went on hiatus and his son revived it so ended up looking into the father's original project and was just very intrigued by what i heard and it is uh music from the penguin cafe by penguin cafe orchestra um okay. I, I didn't it's one of uh you know the the, the thousand one albums you best hear before you die that you know this album's yeah. on it which uh, usually I, I they're pretty you know they're pretty well-known albums on there. I literally never heard of these guys. Um, they're an interesting. I don't know. I, I don't want to overstate like how unique it is because I think it, it's pretty much instrumental folk with a kind of it's like chamber folk with a, a jazzy edge. It's a little bit weird around the edges. It, it's I don't know. It, it does straddle the line between modern classical and jazz and chamber music with some oddities uh it straddles the line pretty well um I, I just i thought it was it was really it kind of hit all the what you'd look for from a classical album except you know the songs are pretty short it just had a little bit more accessibility more directness than your typical classical recording uh and i just kind of liked the story of how you know the it was formed by um uh, a guy his name was uh, Simon Jeffs, I think. He founded the band, and then when he passed away, his son, uh, Arthur, 
you know, formed, just Penguin Cafe, not Penguin, dropped the orchestra and started, you know, creating music kind of in the in the vein of what his father did, which I don't know, I thought it was interesting, you know, to have, you know, father kind of, or a son carry on what his father did. Um, hmm. And yeah, just a very, I don't know, just it was a, a weird listen and I was you know, pleasantly surprised when Bulma's had a copy of their, you know, one of their albums, which turned out to be one of their more highly rated albums. So I had a good time with it. I mean, I, I think it's, it's very unique. Uh, I also like, I kind of like when bands do this where you know all their covers incorporate um people like they're like people penguin head like what's the like a minotaur except as penguins and it's just all of their album covers feature that motif i kind of like when bands have a repeating motif across like all, every album cover is unique but it, it, there's something that kind of spans the design yeah well like eddie or like um... yeah like yep. like like the Judas Priest machines yep. and stuff like that. Exactly. Yeah. Like I, I I don't know. I just always thought that was cool where you could instantly recognize it as you know this is an album by band X. Um, I mean the Smiths obviously. Yeah. Uh, exactly. You know some some type of design quirk or like a character or something that you know kind of makes makes it stand out. But I I, I also like that each of the album covers is still relatively unique or at least you can tell the difference. So. Um, you know. Yeah, I, I, I like that a lot too. I mean, that that's what attracts me to um, the Zadig's uh, composer series. Yeah, a lot. exactly. Like, yeah, like that that text. Um, also, not to uh, kind of cut that off, but just briefly, I looked this up. So it says um, uh, the Nigerian police planted a joint on Felakuti. Before he was arrested, he ate it. But the the police brought him into custody and waited for him to produce the <laughs> to. Uh, Waited for him to, to, you know, shit it out. And according to legend, he managed to use another inmate's feces and was eventually released. <laughs> That's... So, so there you go. Wow. <laughs> There's a story for you. That, that is... <laughs> I, he, I, I, he just had one of the most amazing lives. Like, I just... The, you know, you you look at yourself and you're like, I'm so thankful I wasn't him. But at the same time, it's like, there was a man who truly lived. You know, <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's you know, I, I every life brings with it, you know, ups and downs. And I think there were a lot of downs in his life. But you know, at the end of it, you know, that was that was one hell of a life. <laughs> So, yeah, it sounds pretty. Um, sounds pretty messy, honestly. Yeah, in, in many ways. <laughs> yeah, um, I, to to go back to what you were saying, you said folk, but with like jazz, but also classical music. It's a it's a pretty like again. I I don't necessarily I don't want to overstate because I, I I think um, like when I was looking at Wikipedia, they were just you know they were an avant pop band, which is like oh okay that's interesting. And listening to it, it really does straddle the line between, like, chamber jazz, chamber folk, you know, kind of modern classical. It, it, you know, it's, it's very minimal, very beautiful. Um, I mean, you, you'd, ex you know, hmm. kind of all the... Avant pop. That That's... Yeah, I don't know why they picked that, which is kind of the... Well, I, I think it's just, like, you know, I mean, we've... we've we've circled around this that sort of the term avant-garde and like experimental are kind of used a little maybe a little liberally mm -hmm. um because i mean i i think i've seen something that like 
Yola Tango is considered like an avant pop album or you know like avant pop band or you know maybe it was like the sugar cubes or something like that you know and i'm like yeah that's um that's using that term liberally for sure yeah i could see like to me like shushu feels very avant pop especially like some of the um um like some of their more hook laden songs just kind of the general weirdness like that like I feel like you can you can hit the difference between like an art pop like to me art pop is like Saint Vincent and avant pop is Shushu but uh, yeah. sometimes both those labels are wrong and people are really just talking about an indie pop album that's like slightly weird and I think that that's why I'm always I think you started this conversation or at least you put this in my head where like the term avant garde metal is just like grossly unhelpful um, yeah <laughs> and I think that started thinking like is this really this really experimental is this really and, and like i don't think it matters in terms of like obvi- i mean obviously in general like this doesn't matter at, at all you know <laughs> you know genres hey, experimentation you know, is is relative for sure yeah. well just you um, know artists lie nothing is real like it's just it's all you know we're all just having a you know an ongoing discourse but i think there is a practical reason I mean, people could say they dislike genres but if you're looking for um like i don't know if you're looking for just to use that example, like, oh, I want art pop, and someone gives you, like, I don't know, like, like Madonna, or, like, something like that, or even, like, Michael Jackson, like, I wouldn't really consider that art pop, like, there's a reason people are looking for certain styles, so, you know, mm-hmm. when I'm putting together a release day roundup, or, like, when people are, people just ask me for recommendations in general, like, I don't want to overstate, if someone's really for something weird, or vice versa, like, I don't want to over or understate, you know, it's kind of like, that's why I've always disliked metalcore. Um, I mean, it's not really metalcore. It's fault. a very unhelpful term. It's it's very nebulous. Like it made sense at first, but now, like the way it's, it's only it's just because those are two huge worlds colliding: metal and hardcore. Like those two sides of the coin. Can well, mean... Just not to mention, there's just so much breath in that term now. You know, like I mean, I I don't know if you remember that. Um, I mean, I I was very confused about the term you know very early on um because i i just remember like you know like as i lay dying was like the quintessential metalcore act you know when we were in high school at least like to me they were um you know and, and then you have but but then you have something like converge i remember you were getting into converge and like you're like oh yeah like the, like they're metalcore they're like they're hardcore and i'm like how is that like like what is like how are these two even remotely similar you know yeah, it's and, and you, it, it, it's it's just relative. That's the thing, you know. And I I think some people go a little, you know, further with that, you know. But they're like, oh yeah, you know, like Darkest Hour and Asylum Dying are like melodic metalcore, you know, where like you know, uh, what, what what do they call it? Uh, metallic hardcore is like converge oh, yeah, or whatever. I, I use that a lot <laughs> just to try to you know, to try yeah. to help people. But even them, like technically you know kind of as genres become more um established uh like like hatebreed i think hatebreed is technically a metalcore band but no one would call them that they would just call them hardcore because now hard yeah hardcore has kind of become you know a thing now you know cause it's, it's, but i mean the thing is like hardcore was kind of already like you know because when i when i say hardcore i, I think hardcore punk yeah ex- exactly um, so I think. yeah 
and it's like Hatebreed really isn't a hardcore punk band. You know, it's it, it, again, it's just like you know, th there's a certain ineffability when it comes to art. You know, that you're you're trying to describe something that can't really be described in some ways. Um, like you know, I I like even like thinking about like oh you know like when people say like rock, you know, you think you know rock and roll swagger you know you think of like that youthful rebellion like that sort of energy but at the same time you have something like the smiths that exist you know that i mean i would say are still a rock band but they kind of don't represent any of those things yeah exactly and i think the, you know even just rock like like you're saying is, is the one of the best examples or like going to those really big like macro genre tags it shows why subgenres are so helpful because if someone just came to you and said hey can you recommend me some rock music that's such a unhelpful request yeah it's like okay well can we can you just get a little bit more specific i mean I, I, at least it's at least it's grounded somewhere you know because like i i think pop on the other hand doesn't really have a grounding other than you know it's sort of the current trend which you know is always changing because I mean, like you know, if you want to go by just pop standards, I mean Frank Sinatra is pop is a pop artist. Yeah, exactly. You know, it, it's yeah. But it, it, you know, here's something that I mean, because I, I I've thought about this before. Um, if you okay, let, let's let's just get hypothetical. If you started a record store, would you designate, uh, you know, different sections, or would you just have, uh, the entire thing just from A to Z, artists from A to Z? I don't know. I, I feel like having, you know, the, like the way Volvo's, I mean, the way a lot of stores do, do it, um, I think it is helpful in a way. Like, you know, I usually, you know, I'm in the mood to buy some metal, but I think it just when, because I, I remember there, there are times where um, I think the issue is that Black Flag wasn't in the store at all, which I find weird, but like, <laughs> it, like they didn't have Black Flag, in, they even have a car for Black Flag and Hardcore Punk, and this is when I hadn't bought all their albums by that point. I was just like, how is that even possible? So I think yeah. that you, but I just think for ease of like, if people are coming in, like I really want some electronic music, but at the same time, it would, you know, kind of, you know, like when I'm in the mood to do like a deep, like sometimes we go, I'm like, all right, I just want to look at one genre. Other times I want to do like the full store. And if everything was really mixed together, that would make it pretty, pretty easy. But it's, it's I don't know, like with those kind of stores, I feel like it's interesting when you're trying to create a space that serves the wide variety of music fans. Like people are going to go in there and really scour the bins for like specific things and then people were just going like hey like do you have the new adele cd like i feel like there's <laughs> like they're really they are trying to serve like the, the gamut of how you know how people consume music like just the the, the different degrees of music fan um so i, I guess i, I kind of like the breaking it up by genre just because really there are sometimes where i'm shopping i'm like i'm really in the mood to buy x type of like heavier music or like i do want to buy some electronic today um yeah because i i don't i i think that like i think there are benefits to both because i mean mm -hmm. I, i'm with you like you know if if i want to just get some hip-hop you know and i'm not like in the mood for like a particular hip-hop artist but i'm just kind of browsing mm -hmm. and just seeing what's there like i i know you you are 
I, I, I feel like you do this much more than I do that. Like you'll sort of hang out in uh, a genre, like in a section and just find something that you've just never seen before and just kind of go with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know? And so I, I, I think that like having that, having those different sections definitely helps that. But I think if you wanted to just explore in general, I feel like getting rid of all those genres, just collapsing it all into alphabetis like into one huge alphabetization, like would be just like the way to go. That is just like, you know, you, your your Mingus is like right next to Madonna, you know, <laughs> you know, something like that. <laughs> um, and I think that's really like I, I I think that there's pros and cons to each, but like just to be able to like broaden your horizons, like I I think that like the latter is almost the way to go. But you know, it's it, it's all depending on sort of you know sort of where your horizons need to be broadened in in your opinion you know that that sort of thing yeah um, i think for people like us because recently i had a day like just a random company off day off and i just went to red scroll like the record store in connecticut i just went to their um their discogs page and sorted by because they have some cds that are literally like maybe a dollar and like at that point it was great because I could literally like all, like all the C's were together I don't necessarily care about genre I'm just going through everything they have but I know there mm. are people like I picture like the old grandpa who was just like I just want to look at jazz records or like the metalhead <laughs> who's like who literally could not care about any other genre and obviously I, I can't really understand that worldview because I I listen to everything and I, I, it's, I, it's, it's like uh, it's metal ops. You don't want anything with grandpa guitars in them. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh. But yeah, yeah I, no. I, I, I do see the pro, you know, the pros and cons to both. But I think ultimately, um, it, it is nice to have some segmentation. You know, when when you're in the mood, and obviously, just practically speaking, you know, there are different different people who only care about different types of things. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it really is very dependent on sort of the audience that you're you're looking to serve mm-hmm. you know because i mean I, I think there's a um there's a record store in manhattan i can't remember what it's called at the moment but it, it could just be called the thing if i remember right but it's just like this basement that's just like everything is uncategorized like and it's not even an alpha like alphabetical order or anything it's just like there and you kind of just have to sort through it mm-hmm. And like that, that doesn't appeal to me at all because that's just way too chaotic for me. But like, you know, you you, you have an idea of what and what like that audience is like. Mm-hmm. You know that they're like these record nerds who just don't give a shit, who don't mind spending like three or four hours just sifting through the shit. And like that's that's super cool. You know, in its own way, it's not really my idea of a good time, but I, I can see the appeal. Yeah, I remember I used to just get get down on the ground and like look through all the, all almost a sale vinyl, but I feel like you know I, I they, they still have that at Portsmouth, you know, where, where like the, those little bins underneath that they're like, oh, you're not supposed to go through those, but it's like, why do you even have them down there, like like if, if that's the case? Yeah, you I, know, I, they still, as far as I know, they still have it in, in Salem where they you know they mark certain things down, but to me, one, I mean, the main problems are one. Oh, I, I was I was talking about the um, the I don't know if you remember that this at even like the old Bull Moose um, that they would have these cardboard boxes underneath the shelves. Oh yeah, that, too, that, that right? had yeah, yeah like like that. the the restocks, and it's just like why not just make your shelves bigger or just have a back room? I don't know, like it, just like 
don't get mad at me if I'm looking through that, you know? Yeah, I guess I can understand, you know, like, we don't have anywhere else to put them. But yeah, they would be like, oh, you're just supposed to look through the, and it's like, okay, but they're literally right next to the sales. <laughs> they're all priced, so you know what? Yeah. I, if, if I want to buy it, I mean, do you not want me to, to support your store? Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was talking about, like, you know, like, vinyl, they'll, they'll mark it down. Um, and I used to go through. One, the problem is I feel like, um, I don't know, I feel like over time, I guess it's really, really like, both, both problems kind of go hand in hand. It's just that even when they mark selling half off, it's still like really, the last time I looked through, I'm like, wow, like this is on sale and it's still like really expensive. Like it's, it's really more than I want to spend. And I've just, I, yeah, I've found that recently that I just have had less and less of an interest in, in buying new vinyl. Like, you know, it's, a, it's once in a blue moon I'll look through, but, um, I don't know. It's interesting because I think we, we we've talked about it over and over again. Like, when is the bubble going to burst? And it just seems like it's like people are still, you know, like we we run like a it's called heavy buys. It's a call we run every month, and it's crazy. Like the guys that write for it, like how much they spend on records every month, and they only, you know, like a, you know on a per album basis, I buy way more CDs than they do, but I spend way way less. Like it's not even it's not even close. Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely like a, um, I think it just, you know, it depends on how much, like, what's more important to you, sort of collecting for the sake of collecting, or collecting for the sake of having music to listen to, and, you know, like, the, the two can be the same, like, they aren't, like, mutually exclusive, or, you know, I guess mutually inclusive, or what have you, like, I think there's a lot of, like, relativism, um, but I, I think that there's... I mean, yeah, like, you know, I think we've, we've danced around this, um, just this, you know, the, the, this, this greater sense of like collection for the sake of collecting, like, you know, I, I see so many people who have like these massive, like music equipment collections, you have just like all these different instruments and like these just fucking walls of synths. And it's like, you are never going to play all of those, <laughs> like, you know, and, and like some people like to collect them just because like they like to have that history there or you know it's something really niche or what have you um but you know it's it's really it's so up to the person but i think you know in in terms of like you know vinyl like i i think it's just like at that point where like you know you have enough like like it's it has like an interesting i don't know like because you know when it comes to you know something like music you're like you're dealing with something that is that can range anywhere from, you know, like a hundred bucks to five thousand. You know, it, it all depending on what you want. Whether whereas like most vinyl like is under a hundred. So I feel like you know if you have disposable income, like it's a little bit easier. And I and I feel like it's it's like it's like in like that perfect area where like it's it's just outside of the range of like normal affordable, where like it won't break your bank. But it's like not going to look great, you know, like like in your in your bank statement. I mean, <laughs> on, on your shelf it'll be fine. But <laughs> yeah, I, um, I mean, I, I think that I don't know. I guess it's just it's interesting, you know, approaching that kind of conversation. Well, with... I, I I guess I I think that part of the reason that sort of bubble hasn't burst yet is because of that, because of that price point, because it's just like you know it's. Like, like they're raking you over the coals just like like you know just enough for it to be painful 
but like not too much like you know if, if it was going to be like you know if they suddenly started being like oh yeah you know we're, we're going to sell you like a double lp and the whole thing is going to be two hundred dollars a pop like i don't think people would stand for that you know yeah. whereas like you know it's like it, i i think it's it's just like at that perfect price point so i i, I think that there's like a lot of wiggle room for people to you know for for i think for labels to kind of gouge the price a little bit um you know and and also for collectors to be kind of okay with that yeah i think to me i've always found interesting the i mean obviously people you know collecting stuff in general is kind of a you know i just love doing it because most things you know like or stamp collections i guess if you're doing it for the sake of selling it later but like does collecting like vintage stamps and coins i mean the point is obviously that you think it's cool so i think that's what you know approaching vinyl collecting has always been kind of it's a curious aspect of it is the fact that like it's this isn't the most efficient way to collect music so to speak you know especially if you buy like just nothing but new vinyl uh in terms of like how much you're spending versus how much actual music you're adding to your collection um so it kind of does bridge that gap between like it's it's a functional it's a functional hobby which i think is yeah interesting there's definitely an interesting like like utilitarianism about you know collecting like vinyl and and cds and things like that you know because like you're right just like that that kind of you know like having a coin you know like having like a bunch of antique coins it's like they're beautiful but you know aside from that there there isn't really much you can do aside from collect more and or display them you know Mm -hmm. whereas like i think there's a level of interaction when you come to you know media you know even something like a dvd like it looks good on your shelf and you can just like pop it in and watch fight club whenever you want <laughs> you know <laughs> it's, um it, it's it's interesting you know but but i think that's i i you know be, because we we've 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 danced around this before you know in that like i i, I think before we've kind of come awful like a little harsh against those people who are just like oh i just want to collect you know vinyl just because i want to collect vinyl you know and and not really for like sort of the musical aspect of it and and i i think that's a totally fair opinion i think both are totally fair it's just like i i think it's it's that functionality that definitely makes things a little murkier than than normal Mm -hmm. yeah yeah for sure okay how about like what if like what is the most you would pay for an album like vinyl or cd like and i mean like like, let's say it was just like you know it was some rare john darniel project or you know like just like your absolute just like you need to have this what is the most you would pay for it i mean when i first started collecting vinyl i could probably look back at transactions on discogs and ebay and, and be kind of get nauseous at how much i spent on different things <laughs> oh um, god yeah i i i could uh i could tell a couple horror stories about you know when i first got into like modular synthesis <laughs> um I, I feel like um i feel I think it would really depend on this kind of a complicated answer. I I would have a hard time 
at an absolute maximum, depending on what it was, like maybe 40, 50 bucks personally. And even then I would probably be more comfortable like between the 20 and 30 range. I just feel like at that point, what, what, okay, but what if it was like a like a box set and it was like you know, going all the proceeds were going to charity? Like, what, what would that kind of like make increasing the price okay with you? Or I don't know. I I, I mean, I feel like I mean to me that that's I actually haven't participated in the last few. Um, Bandcamp Fridays, just because even though it's going towards a good cause, like ultimately, I I forget who said like even if you're you're saving money or like it's going to a good cause, like even if there's some kind of qualifying, some kind of qualifier to your purchase, you're still spending that money and just being like there are some albums that I listen to with great frequency, but I think one of the things I like most with my music listening is just how like how I jump around styles so often. Like I'll just hmm. you know, I'll hit ran, you know random item on discogs or I'll just look at you know look for you know something completely different what I haven't listened to. So the idea of spending like an exorbitant amount on a record that, that just speaking realistically, I won't listen to with all that much frequency. It just feels like you know um, like I, there was actually a moment where. I wanted to buy the 10-year reissue of Animals as Leaders' debut because that has Wave of Babies on it, which is one of my favorite Animals as Leaders songs, especially because it, it was accompanied by a playthrough video that he did for one of his guitar sponsors. And just like it's, that was one of my first real exposures to his music and was just blown away in his playing. But it was like a, I think it was including shipping over 20 bucks for a CD that I already own and spent for much less than that just for an extra track, which, yeah, it'd be cool to have on CD since I don't really listen to stuff digitally, but it's just making that calculus of, like, is this really worth... Like, this would probably be better spent to buy, like, two or three used CDs that I don't own versus, you know, just buying a complete... um, a more complete edition. Um, Like, you you already have a copy of the first album? Yeah, but it, I mean, that was one on a Bandcamp Friday. I was like, oh, I should buy the CD, like, you know, support the artist. But I'll, yeah. okay, but, you know, I'm the one, <laughs> you know, I'm the one spending this money. Like, you know, it's coming out of my, my pocket. So I, I just feel like, um, I don't know, like, like when you look at something like, oh, you know, did you save X, like, if someone has a sale, like, did you save X amount of money or did you ultimately spend? why you know why amount of money that like you you can look at it as like oh like i saved money but if that wasn't something you were going to spend this is a very frugal boring answer but i just feel like it's kind of rooted in how i approach music that at a certain point it's diminishing returns like yeah it's cool to own it but i own a ton of cool albums and like all that money i spent on one record could have been used to buy a ton of other good records especially if you get up toward the, like, I think it's some. I think I bought a, a clear pressing of double LP of Agaloc, the the mantle. I forget how much yeah. I paid for that, but it was a lot. Um, and this is when I first, like years ago in college, when I first started collecting vinyl. And it's really cool. Like you know, I'm glad I, I have it. But also, when I think back to like, man, if I took that just just that money, like went to Newbury, just went through the CDs, like how many records could I? Like how many CDs could I have bought? Like unique different artists, different genres, kind of expanding my, my palette, expanding my collection for the amount that I spent on one 
record, which is it kind of gets back to the whole vinyl thing and why I've been less inclined to buy mm. records nowadays because I feel like you know you leave the record store with with vinyl with a, on a budget, you're just naturally going to leave with fewer records than if you bought CDs. Yeah, yeah. See, I, I, I that's an interesting answer though because I I really expected you to to go a little higher than that. You know, um, I mean, the, the thing is, like, I, I kind of get what you mean with, like, you know, I, I think using, like, that Animals as Leaders example, like, if you already have the album, you know, I mean, minus, like, you know, a couple of tracks that might be attached to it, like, I can see why you wouldn't want to buy a second copy. And, like, I mean, side note, I don't think I, I don't think I've ever bought two copies of the same album that, like, like you know, that, like, as in, like, I own both copies as opposed to like you know having sold one previously or something like that, um, that's an interesting. I, I I don't. I think the only album that's on my shelf that I actually have doubles of is um, the first Modest Mouse album, or a, a, like Lonesome Crowded West by Modest Mouse. <laughs> like is because uh, a friend bought me it and she meant to buy a Melt Banana album as well, but <laughs> instead she accidentally bought both copies of lonesome crowded west and I, I i love that story so much that i just i i just love having them both on my shelf so you know but <laughs> um yeah no it's it's interesting because because it, like I, I would actually go higher than that like quite a bit higher um but you know i i think for me it's it's i i think it's just like about like i i, I guess I'm, I'm kind of sucked into like that whole like rarity game that's like oh like just because it's like unavailable you you kind of want it more in a way like you know um the band that i'm trying to assemble their entire discography which which i did i'm just waiting for the last one to come in the mail um like part of the reason that was so enticing was because it was like you know what like when are they gonna ever do a reissue of this like i doubt it and so i'm like you know what i've wanted to buy a couple of these for a while why not just go for the whole gusto you know but i, I don't know it, it's I, i'm definitely trying to be more uh pragmatic about it and you know trying to you know think with my mind instead of like you know i don't know like like i don't like i i guess like my music buying libido i don't know <laughs> i don't know the right description or word for that um because like yeah i mean like i'm i'm with you like i i think it's i think it's it's cooler to just be able to be like okay i can just buy you know a couple of these on at bomos for much cheaper or just not buy any altogether because i mean as we've talked about before you know like we both have over a thousand albums in our collection you know and it's like i there's got to be something there that is worth listening to you know Mm -hmm. like uh, you know, I, I think about that with, with books too, you know, like I, I'm always buying new books to read. Uh, and I mean, I, I, I read them all, but you know, it, it's like, I have so many on my shelf that like, you know, I've read once, you know, that I'm like, I really should read this again. Like, you know, for example, like Carl Jung's, uh, red book, mm-hmm. you know, like that's an out, al- like that, like that, that's an album. That, that, that's a book. I wish like I would have, could have reread what you mean like i mean it's on my shelf you know i can i just haven't because i just keep buying more and more books i mean right now i'm looking at it one two three four five six seven 
I have seven uh, unread books on my desk right now with another four coming in on Saturday, I think. So, yeah, it's just like, you know, uh, sometimes it's nice to just, like, um, there's a forum I, I hang out on called uh, Lines, and somebody posted a topic that was just called, like, a, a, a death year of just, like, you know, instead of buying new things, enjoy what you already have and, and try to get a deeper appreciation for what you already have. Mm-hmm. And, like, that's a great idea, you know? And it's, it, I, I think it's cool to be able to explore and try out new things, but I think to explore what you have, I think there's that's something that I, I think doesn't get enough um, attention, you know? And, I mean, part of it is just, like, a... Um, a cultural, you know, capitalistic sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, ultimately it's like, I, I think it's like kind of like a balance of both because, you know, you, you don't want to be like, I, I, I don't, I, I sometimes worry that like, if I, you know, am not listening to new music or not buying new music, you know, it's sort of expanding my horizons that I'm just contracting them instead. And that I'm sort of hardening my tastes. Mm-hmm. And I don't really want to do that. Like, I don't want to be that, you know that, that that person that's just like oh you know I, I i don't want to hear anything new like like i i don't hear any new music i haven't heard before you know <laughs> or something like that you know just like something tautological uh like that but like i i don't i don't like that uh you know oh like a, any music that's like after this period is garbage you know okay, kind of like that 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 guy from the new review that you were talking about who like didn't listen to any music before 2001 or whatever it's kind of i mean he said he liked some classics like you know sinatra etc but yeah it's it's very (laughs) so 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 basically this this like 50 year gap (laughs) yeah like just because you know that had a specific like niche i think there's some nostalgia from you know either his, his uncle grandfather whatever would play it but yeah he just said it sounded too old you know, give music before a certain period. And especially, I mean, I think that's kind of what I'm talking about. Like, or that's an example of what I'm talking about is that he only listened to music from, you know, what? I mean, I guess it increases with every year, but like at the time it was like a 20, less than a 20-ish year period. You don't listen, you don't listen to anything from, you know, the 90s. Like anything from the 20th century. You know, you don't listen. Um, <laughs> like, it, that's just, that, that's crazy to me. But anyway, um, the idea that you and you only listen to a set number of genres so you only listen like what a what an insane aperture to like view the world through that you only listen to a set number of genres from like a very short period of time but i think a lot of people are like that you know like i mean it it really i mean i i think not it's not always this you know same with music i think you can be like tv shows i mean there are people who are like i only watch cartoons or i only watch true crime and you know, in in some ways that's respectable, but at the same time, like you, you kind of wonder if you if you're kind of doing yourself a disservice. Like I I, I guess that's the difference between doing yourself a disservice and being true to yourself. Yeah, I mean, and it, you know, kind of talking about it, it's just from the, the perspective of like if that was me, I would be miserable. It's kind of like yeah, like when people oh, it's, when, same here. Yeah, when people yeah. are like, oh, like I don't like pizza. Like I, that's just not something I personally could wrap my head around because I fucking love pizza but obviously <laughs> other people not enjoying it is not you know there's no material impact on my life <laughs> so yeah um i only think it matters in terms of like the 
you know, like the the tastemakers, so to speak. You know, because we we could talk about like oh, like you know, Pitchfork's list of the LOL doesn't matter, but like it clearly does to a lot of people. So like the the fact that it, like enough people think that their opinion matters and that you know like you know, Rolling Stone is an album's guide. Like you know, if enough people believe that like these are kind of the arbiters of, I mean, it's kind of the same thing in in sports. Like the people you know people who chronicle sports and say like this person was the best it becomes important after a while because you know i think of you know the nba just celebrated 75th anniversary there's a whole slew of legendary players who you know i never saw play i mean there's not even really much footage of them so kind of having people who know their shit from a musical perspective and all you know were there or like you know have enough of a you know a sense to chronicle music at the point you know the point of attack when it came out and like this is this is what mattered at this point in time that does matter so if their aperture of of listening to music is super you know biased or limited i think ultimately there's some ripple effects of i mean like you know speaking personally when i was trying to get into being a serious music listener quote unquote i mean that's where i went i went to those you know best of the 70s best of the 80s lists so i think it it matters from that perspective and usually they're pretty i mean obviously we could talk about the the optimism movement etc but i mean i think to me i noticed it most with um uh, with metal like when I, I used to be a big decibel fan and a few years of like looking at their covers looking at their year end list i'm like man i just feel like they're not they're not approaching metal in a way that i i I find useful to finding new music because ultimately mm. that, I mean, that's what it's about. Like, do I trust that these people are you know, recommending music in, in good faith? Not to say they're wrong, but just like, okay, like if they're not really giving me things that I think are interesting, like why, why am I putting stock in their opinion? Yeah. It, it's, it's like the equivalent of like, I don't know, like an Egyptologist reading like a national geographic article, you know, but like, you, you you've already you're already doing the research you're already at like the front lines of this you know you you don't need to read like a sanitized version of it you know mm-hmm. like you, you know you you, you want to be like really on the cutting edge whereas like you know the, i i think it, it's almost like i mean there's definitely like that gatekeeping that bias but i think it's almost like a it's almost like a convenience factor as well like you know it's like it's, it's like the same thing between like you know, like using a washing machine or like, you know, like using a sink to like wash your clothes, mm-hmm. you know, or like going, you know, getting, uh, you know, doing one of those um, like, you know, fresh meal services or just getting the ingredients yourself and cooking it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I, neither is really wrong, but there's definitely like, you know, you, you kind of know where you kind of fall, I think. And, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's always room for, you know, sort of mobility you know between the two but it, it's yeah it, it really definitely depends i mean i i know that like you know we, we've we've talked about like sort of how like you know anthony fantano was like a big uh influence for you and and i guess for me you know and i think after a while like we just kind of got kind of tired of it because it was just like okay we, we've 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 kind of like run the gamut in a way we've we've kind of like found ourselves and now it's time to kind of go and do our own thing Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah yeah and i mean i also i mean you know i think for him there's definitely like you know when you have something you know but when your when your reviews 
you know, and no matter how much he says, oh, you know, I, I pick what I'm interested in, like, you got to admit that there's there's definitely more of an interest in pop, more of an interest in rap, that sort of thing. You know, you, you do get the occasional metal, you do get the occasional, like, kind of, like, out there experimental album, but, like, most of the time it's, like, one of those two things. Um, and it's, like, you know, it's kind of, like, you, you got a bottom line, you've got, you know, uh, what is it? What is he up to now? Like almost two million YouTube followers, uh, subscribers now. Could be three even. I think like, so. Yeah, I, I, last time I, I thought he had like a two point two, two point five, something like that million. Um, you know, and, and so like, you know, he, he he's got his audience. You know, whereas like you know you go to someone like um like Pad Chennington, you know, and he's he's got his audience too, but he also has like a completely different subscriber count at the moment you know and so like he has a little he has like more flexibility in a way like i've seen him talk about like i think talking heads at one point like a couple of like classic rock albums but then also you know like his channel mostly features like vaporwave Mm -hmm. and you know stuff in that area so it's yeah it's it's a fascinating idea um yeah just sort of when do you let go of those of those people or like you know i when do their opinions um count less for you um yeah yeah i mean i, I mentioned recently that i you know I, I i don't follow the drop as much and it's it's not you know it's one of those it, it's not you it's me it's situations <laughs> where i just feel like after a while um i just was not really getting much from like I just either like I kind of already had opinion or I was already aware of the music or the albums he was talking about and I just I could just go listen to it myself or you know I felt like his taste changed or like I'm like I, I kind of feel like I know enough about I have a grasp of my taste enough that I'm not really sure I'm getting much from this and that, that's you know it's I know there are people who are still really devoted to <laughs> following him, and he obviously has become, you know, a meme in and of itself. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I'll I'll respect him because, like, you know, a lot of the stuff that he was interested in, you know, a few years back was like pretty, you know, formative, you know, like important for me, you know, and I think the same thing for you, you know, and it's like. Like so, it, you know, it's it, it, it it's almost like they're like our uh, he's like our 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 music daddy in a way, you know, and like, it, you know, eventually you, you kind of have to you know you 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 grow out of the nest, you know. <laughs> so it's yeah, for sure. I mean, I mean, I think that it's, um, you know, it's important when you're just coming into your taste to. To find those people who, you know, I mean, I get a ton of good recommendations from, uh, from him. But you know, after a while, you kind of, yes, like you said, spread your spread your wings and fly, and and, and you, you've you've kind of found. I ironically, he he hates you know all, all of the um all the lyrics that have to do with flying. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> do you do you remember that video where he was talking about like his. I, I think it was like um, music of my adolescence. Cause yeah, oh, I think he was yeah. talking about like I believe I can fly or yeah. whatever. Uh, or you know, he was just talking about like how like how frustrated he is by like the idea of flying as like uh, a lyrical motif. 
<laughs> and like I, after he said it, I'm like, oh, okay. Like I, I, I kind of get that. Like that, that could be annoying. <laughs> but <laughs> it, it is kind of fun to see, like, you know, people like that, like, like their their uh, their pet peeves when it comes to when it comes to so sort of like their taste. And like you can really see it with with Fantano nowadays. Like there are certain things that he's just so fucking sick of. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, I, I I notice like ticks. I'm trying to think of quickly. I mean, like obviously we're coming up the time, but I'm trying mm-hmm. to think of. I mean, I still like Mashuga, but the amount of times he says reality like across their discography. Like, it's kind of a meme where he says, like, reality. And he sees screams it the same way every time. And, like, it's kind of hard to unhear. Um, i trying to think of other things I don't... Um, I don't love... I mean, I guess I guess skits. Like, like any time a skit starts in a hip-hop song, like, it has to... Even the skits I don't mind, I'm like, no. Like, it, this is not necessary. I don't need this. Um, this is kind of a dumb pet peeve, but, like, whatever there's police sirens in a CD <laughs> or like in a song and like I'm listening to the car like it freaks me out um, yeah I, I I know that like I I um I had Operation Mindcrime in the car on once and uh in Sweet Sister Mary you can hear a police siren in that I remember having that when I was yeah that was that's funny I you know okay th- this is gonna be really nebulous but but what gets my goat lyrically is when um artists don't attempt any sort of like poetic sensibility in their lyrics that they're just like I'm in pain or like you know like I'm so sad but they, they, but they don't really like try to express that at all that they, 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 it's just like a statement of fact mm-hmm. like I, I I see that a lot in um I I mean like a lot of like reviews that we've done you know like I I, I see that a little bit you know in in some like hip-hop i think that can kind of be the case you know i it i mean it, it definitely depends on the genre you know but like i i just i see it so much like oh my god my, my sister sent me this um this song I, I i won't say the artist because i don't really remember the artist but it was like you know it, it was just like the most cookie cutter like lo-fi beats you know hip-hop song you could ever find and it was like all it was just full of like these like colloquialisms or you know kind of like the lowest common denominator when it comes to like sort of like new age uh you know conscious thought Mm -hmm. you know that they're just like you know let go you know calm down you know breathe and it's like are you kidding me (laughs) like like you know uh it it just basically like take like every every hackneyed phrase in that in that book and you just put that into a song you've got this song <laughs> and i'm just like I, like how do people think this is deep when you're not really saying like it's it's not even a matter of like not saying anything new it's just that like the way you're saying it is just old mm-hmm. you know because i like i i feel like the subject of a song i i, I feel like there isn't much um variance because i mean you know at the end of the day you're you're ultimately talking about the human condition and like i think there's just only so many ways like so so many things you can talk about within that umbrella but i think the way you say it and the way you express it is kind of what sets you apart and sort of carves your own niche in that whole thing and when you're not 
doing that it's just like why like why even why even bother then like <laughs> why even bother saying anything <laughs> i don't know like it's it, again just a pet peeve on my part no but I, I totally i mean i feel like you know even people like us who don't necessarily care about lyric or like you know we don't prioritize lyrics over like music how people are singing etc like you're totally right that if, if the lyricism is super bland or super obvious i mean to me that that translates into to hip-hop like i don't i don't love i don't always love when rappers are like i think i've talked about you know immortal technique as an example where uh he just is like super dense lyrics like they're very political and people praise him for that but they're just it's just not it's not it's not fun to listen to like it also doesn't help that mm. i don't like like him i don't think his beats are are don't sound great i don't like his his flow or his the sound of his voice um and then of course you have rappers who it, it's literally like abc it's it's you know like the fisher price my first rap album where you know it's it's just super basic i like where it takes two three listens through and like you get it or like like you know p- bits and pieces you'll pick up a punchline and it'll finally click for you i mean i i yeah i think I mean, what's, I... what's the point like to your point what's the point of writing you're trying to express something artistically. If you're just gonna say it very uncreatively, like why? Yeah. Why bother? L- like, are you are you writing a song or are you you know sending out a tweet? Yeah, exactly. And and, and I think you know with something like TikTok, I think they're kind of like the same thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. But it's you know, it, I I think it's it. But I don't even know if it, if it's about like you know. I'm I'm not saying that like oh you need to you need a fucking thesaurus. Because I'm not, I'm not saying that like it needs to be like opaque and like purposefully difficult and dense. Mm-hmm. Like it's more just like putting some thought into sort of creatively saying something, mm-hmm. you know, um, as opposed to just saying it. For because sure. yeah, the, like you know, it's my 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 mentor in grad school would would kind of say that like you know it like. He, he wrote this essay that I really like I, I love this essay when I was reading it but but the, the idea is just like that you know philosophy can kind of show us the cages of our reality and like sort of like the bars of our reality that kind of separate us you know but it's it's art and it's literature that allow us to shake the bars like mm-hmm. and I, I, I just find that like a very very poignant way of putting it yeah but. for sure i totally agree yeah all right well we're just getting along to an almost an hour so do you uh any last words i guess no i think we're good yeah okay well thank you for listening and uh we'll be back next week with uh i think we're doing um may or a- april album anniversaries so <laughs> it's not too late <laughs> So. All right. Sweet. See ya. Bye. Bye. Bye.